What's up, what's up, man? I know we said we had the first episode done, but you know, due to some technical difficulties, we have to re-record it. So, you know what I'm saying? This is Vani, you know, you know how I get down, you know. Yeah, y'all know this is uh, Nico, Nicholas, whatever you're going to call me, Nick. You know, I take that back. Don't call me Nick. I actually hate being called that. Definitely call him Nick. I, I hate being called that. This is too common. I guess that's why I'm Nico. I don't know. I don't know why my folks gave me that one. But, um, yeah, we had the other episode recorded, and then the, the file got corrupted when I had to update uh, the uh, Adobe Audition. So I apologize for that. That one's on me, y'all. But this one is getting recorded straight into it. So we're going to be able to immediately send it in multiple formats to run and get this thing posted. You heard so you might get it by the end of the day today. It ain't no might. You'll probably get it as soon as I'm done recording it. Y'all got it for real. But today, y'all know we love us some anime and we love us some sports. We right in the middle of the NFL draft right after the first round. Um, we're going to be able to talk a little bit NFL draft, possibilities with the NBA. Um, the virus is still destroying America. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're not laughing. Of course, we stand in solidarity and we're thankful for all essential workers out there, of course. Um, and right. Anybody who's lost somebody, you know, to the to the coronavirus, COVID-19, excuse me, et cetera, et cetera. We uh, send our condolences and prayers to your family and you, of course, and your loved ones and friends. We were saying more so along the lines of despite what we thought was going to happen, the virus has still got all sports at a standstill. It's just altered the complete landscape, including the economy. Um, I am grateful that gas is so cheap, though. Yeah, um, I got some friends in Indiana telling me it's 99 cents back in the old hood. I might have to go home for a while if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cheap down here, too. And, uh, I must say, I've, I've been enjoying it. As somebody who drives a truck, I'm used to having to drop a whole lot of bread. Normally, like when gas is like the usual, like around 220, 230, I was spending about 47 to 50 dollars to fill up my tank. Obviously now I've had that. I'm down to like 23 to 25. Uh no, it takes me about 15 to fill up my little two-door coupe. You know what I'm saying I'm good. Yeah, we don't, we don't care about no coupe. But um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I guess we can lead off today. You want to start with anime? You want to start with sports? Uh, we can go with sports. You know, everybody wrapped around the draft. We can go over the first round, what we like, what we don't like, what we think should have happened, you know. All right. I'm pulling up uh, draft right now. Yeah, I just had to pull mine up. All right. I, will, I can tell you off top who I did not like. <laughs> we might be on the same page with it. Let me guess. Hold on. Where? What pick was it? Well, I'm going to just come out and say it. I don't know why the Eagles picked uh, Jalen Rigor Rager. from TCU. Rager, yeah, he, he's super head. explosive. He supposedly ran under a 4-3 last year or something. But they say he ran like a 4-2-9 or something like that. And then at his pro day that he sent out tapes of, they they had him. They clocked him like a 4-2-2 and a 4-2-4. But I don't believe that because he literally ran a 4-4. At the uh, combine, you're not going from a four yeah, four that yeah. was almost a four five at the freaking combine. You know what I'm saying? You're not going from that shit to a out of nowhere, nigga. I mean, oh, shit. 
<laughs> man, I don't care. Oh well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. This is just going on. Right. This got to be the show where I can let all this loose since I can't get it. Right, this is a, a loose podcast right here. Raw, uncut. Let it out. Yeah. There's no way you going from a fucking four four. That was almost a four five. It was like a four four nine, bro. Two a four two two, bro. Somebody yeah, was like, not. he lost 10 pounds, that's why. That's not changing up bro, the speed that much, even, bro. Even if you lose 10 pounds, bro, you're not about to drop almost three-tenths of a second in a month. Yeah, I'm... Because what, the combine, no, about, what, the combine was end of February? Yeah. Okay, so about two months, you're not dropping three-tenths of a second. And not, at this point of your life and career, as fast as you are, be as fast as you'll be. Okay. Um, man, I'm looking at CBA. Look, man, I hate... A lot of draft analysts out there, prospect analysts, suck at their job. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how they got on. They're good enough to get on, but, I mean, like, they say some stupid shit. Like, I'm, I'm reading some of CBS's stuff. They said Judy, my, uh, the concern is he's really thin. Will he be able to hold up to press coverage? This nigga been saucing up all the best DBs in college football for three yeah. years. Nigga's been but trying to he, press him every year. You can't get hands on him. He's so crafty. But that's the thing about the draft. Like, they always have to give the good – with the made-up bad stuff, like, like when they said, oh, uh, we don't think, like, some people were saying they didn't think C.D. Lamb would be a, a good player because when they played, what, uh, who they played, I don't know who they played this year, honestly, I can't even remember. You talking about, but like, they, in the, you talking about when they played LSU, you talking about somebody else? When they played teams outside the Big 12, he was shut down. But, like, uh, when you like the two games he played in the playoffs over the last two years, he went over 100 yards on um, two SEC schools. So, like, I don't really under, – I, I just hate when they make those comparisons. Plus, half the corners in the NFL that are good aren't even from the SEC. So, like, again, like, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's just, man, like, it's annoying because I'm looking through this right now, like, the Dolphins. Tua would have been the top pick. It was never the only reason Joe Burrow became such an admin top pick to everybody is because Tua got hurt. And yep. I'm reading this shit, and it's like, dude, the, literally they graded the, whoever the CBS dude is. I'm going to look at this shit in a second. He said, I understand when I picked him. The tape is good at times, but there's a lot of bad on the tape. His tape is fucking phenomenal. He actually has better tape than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow literally had one year. They complain about every other quarterback who comes into the draft off of a singular good year and gets drafted in the first round. But when Joe Burrow does it, he's gonna he's the exception all of a sudden. Like that's annoying to me. Tua has better tape over two years. Two, he said, two, he's not a big guy and he's a little brittle. To dismiss the medicals is ridiculous. Let's be clear. Tua actually isn't injury prone. Quarterbacks in the NFL in general are. Fun fact, over the last three years, it's only been one quarterback as a rookie who started and played all 16 games. Do you know who that was? Who? Kyler Murray. And that was iffy <clears throat> considering how much he got hit and beat up last year. Okay. Right. But another thing is, like, I don't think the medical stuff really matters because I'd rather take the best player, injury-related or not, over somebody that's not as good because they don't get injured because a draft analyst posted a good stat yesterday when it came to the, do you want to take the person that's talent that gets hurt or somebody that doesn't get hurt? And they said, um, what's his name? Uh, Mitch Trubisky has only missed three games since he became the starter, and we all know how everybody feels about him. He's terrible. But Carson Wentz has missed 18 
And Deshaun Watson is Mr. Levin, and they're two of the top young up-and-coming quarterbacks, regardless if they get hurt or not. So with that being said, if you ask the Bears who they have now, they would definitely pick Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson over Mr. Trubisky. So that's why I kind of, once I saw that, it kind of helped me kind of, you know, become one of those people that's like, the injury stuff don't really matter. Especially if you're playing football long enough, you're going to get hurt, regardless of how good you are, regardless of the situation. No one in the NFL has never been hurt. You might play through it, but everybody's hurt at some point. Yeah, I agree. It's just stupid. I, I hate the scrutinies being... Now, I can see the scrutiny regarding the hip, but everybody's talking about the ankles. Let's be clear. Tua didn't have to have surgery on either ankle. They're just regular sprains. He could have very well... Um, they gave him the option to just do regular healing, which you know what you mean, elevating ice, stem, and like staying off of it. He chose to have the tightrope surgery, which is actually an innovative surgery because what it does is by inserting that screw above the ankle where the sprain takes place, it prevents future sprains and it allows quicker recovery. So, you know, it's just, it's just annoying, but we ain't even going to get, I'm not even about to acknowledge that bullshit no more, man. I'm getting mad. Um, I really, really like what the Jags did, actually. I really like what the Jags did getting C.J. Henderson from Florida at corner and then uh, Kayla Von Chason from uh, LSU. He was a steal at that low. But the two teams I was talking about who I hated their drafts, obviously the Eagles. I'll get to them in a second. Y'all literally had uh, Justin Jefferson in last year's class would have been the first wide receiver taken. Yep. Y'all had him available. You fucking take Rager who has some of the worst hands in the draft. He's just explosive. Stupid. And then uh, the Falcons. What the fuck, bro? They traded up. No, they didn't trade up. They stayed where they are Excuse me. They selected A.J. Terrell from Clemson. They could have got Trevon Diggs. They could have got uh, the corner from Utah. They could have got the corner from TCU. They chose A.J. Terrell. Uh, safety from Alabama, McKinney, right? Yeah, McKinney. I was surprised. He. I was I'm so surprised. surprised. He Wasn't and Delphi. Did any safeties even go in the first Not round? Not a single safety and almost no running backs. See, and I don't get me wrong. I understand the Chiefs taking Clyde Edwards. Hilary had a good year. But you can't talk to me long enough to convince me he's better than Swift or J.K. Dobbins. Especially when J.K. is having a 2,000-yard season. Yeah, but having a 2,000-yard season doesn't make you the better prospect or player. Also, there was, yeah, no, there was, no, there was only one receiver on that Ohio State team who went over 1,000. Think about that, because at but, LSU, they had but, two receivers go over 1,200. No, I, I understand that, but that's two different types of offense. As an Ohio State fan, we've been a running team since I've been a fan since I was a kid. We've always been a running team. And then when we hired Urban Meyer to come in, yeah, he, he runs a spread, but it's run first. Bro, that's a, LSU is still LSU's a spread power run team, just like Auburn. I mean, like, don't sleep nah, on Clyde. This, don't sleep this, on Clyde because – this is the, the LSU's first year in the spread. Usually, they're just I formation, hand it off, hand it off, pro offense. Whoa, whoa, this is their uh, first uh. time they actually that, that's, that, that's not accurate, bro. They've had the same offensive coordinator. They ran a spread last year. The issue was they had trouble executing. This year, they executed it way better. They had the same players, the exact same starting lineup last year on offense, besides a couple offensive linemen. They had the exact same players, bro. They just executed better. And Clyde went oh, But here's the difference. Clyde is way better than the others he had at Wiggle. He And don't sleep on his rushing, but he had over 1,000 yards rushing. Dude, he had he had the most catches out of all the running backs. He's the best out of the backfield. No, don't get me wrong. I understand that. But, like, I don't really like stats and stuff. 
Like, you know, it just really just depends on the offense. Because Ohio, like I said, Ohio State, we're a spread team. We'll come out with three, four wide receiver, the flex tight end. But it's quarterback run, running back run first. Because we had Michael Thomas a couple of years ago, and he probably only had 800 yards in 15 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not really a passing team. So even, even I know I used to LSU has two or 3,000-yard receivers. Like, that's just not how we – that's just not how we play offense. The only time we was the passing team is when we had um, Dwayne uh, Haskins. We had Dwayne Haskins, and he wasn't a mobile quarterback. Also, when we had um, he wants the national championship. Uh, I can't remember his name. Troy Smith. No, 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 no. Third string with Braxton and JT Bear got hurt. Cardale Jones. Cardell Y'all Jones. had Zeke that year, though. Y'all still had That's Zeke. That's what I'm saying. Like, we had Zeke, and so we could still run the ball. But when we, because, like, um, because he was still mobile enough to run. But Dwayne Haskins, he wasn't, he was, he wasn't even mobile enough to run. Because that's the only reason why he is probably the only Ohio State quarterback to ever throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Yeah. So it's like our Ohio State's core as an offense is since Urban Meyer came in and instilled it, and Ryan Day is continuing it has been quarterback run, running back run. We'll throw. We can throw the ball. We have no problem throwing the ball, but we're never going to throw the ball 45 times in a game. We're never going to do that. You know what I'm saying? There's more running the ball. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you watch J.K. Dobbins from his freshman breakout year when – um, can't remember his name. Mm, who's the running back after – After who? Let me just look it up. After Zeke, it was somebody else. What's 2020? Mike Weber. That's his name. Well, Mike Weber got hurt because he was the incumbent starter. J.K. Dobbins went off. And then the second year, he kind of had some regression because Mike Weber came back and was healthy. But I think Dobbins still went over a thousand yards. And then his third year, as a, this third year, this last year, his second year as a full time starter, he's like, he showed them what he showed his freshman year. So, like, I wouldn't like J.K. Dobbins. I don't, I don't really think this. Don't get me wrong. The Claire guy will be a good prospect. He's going to the Chiefs. They'll use him in the best way they can. But I'm not sure if he's actually better than Swift. Or J.K. Dobbins. I don't even think J.K. Dobbins is the best running back prospect out the Big Ten. I think Jonathan Taylor is significantly better than him. Uh, depends. He's got better speed and better power. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I'll give him power. I'm not sure about speed, though. Dude, he ran a 4-3. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like game speed. Because, like, the thing about the combine is, but, like, don't get me wrong. I understand, like, it kind of shows, like, you know, okay, you've been, you know, you're still in shape, but you got to think about it. This, most seasons end, most player seasons end probably December. So they have December, January, and most of February. To just, that's all they're doing two or three times a day, training for the combine, training for the combine, training for the combine. But if you look so at like, the game tape, you consistently see, we've seen J.K. Dobbins get chased down. Speed. Yeah, you've seen J.K. Dobbins get chased down. You don't see Jonathan Taylor get, once he breaks free, that's it. Right. It's house call. So that's okay, why I say yeah, that. I'll give you that. 
I don't. I don't really like Andy Reid said like don't fall like the tape is the tape. Believe the tape over the combine. Oh yeah, all, like, all you doing for two and a half months is training two or three times a day. Yo. Eat nothing but what you're supposed to eat. Believe the tape. Yo, are we gonna have to? I think we need to take a look at the high school 2017 class because that might end up going down as one of the greatest drafted classes in history. Like that senior, that that two, the class, the freshman class of 2017 in college football. In last year, in la, in this draft this year, you got Ukuda, Young, was Burrow? No, Burrow was a sophomore at that point. Andrew Thomas, Tua, uh, Derek Brown. I think Isaiah Simmons as well, C.J. Henderson as well, Jedrick Willis, Henry Ruggs, uh, Judy, Terrell, C.D., uh, Damon Arnett, Caleb Vaughn. Uh, Justin Jefferson had no stars. That's what I'm saying, but this is still out that 2017 class, if I'm not mistaken. Isaiah right. Wilson was 2017 class. Noah, it be, the Auburn corner. I ain't going to try, you know what I'm saying, mess up his stuff. Okay. That 2017 class had, I think by my count right there, uh, that was like 11 or 12 first rounders. And they got some more who are still in college because Alabama has uh, next year, Devontae Smith and uh, uh, Jalen Waddle going to be first rounders. Uh, yep. And that left tackle and a running back. So, and they were all class of 2017 too. Like, that class might go down as one of the greatest. Was, what class was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? Because they're going to be the top two quarterbacks next year. 18. That's 18. 18, okay. Yep, yep. Because they both, well, yeah, they both played as true freshmen. So, yeah, that'll be next year to be their third year. Yeah, this is that class of 2017. Like, I was looking so, like Ohio State and Alabama, we, the amount of talent they got is actually absurd. Are we prepared to name Ohio State? Defensive line, you? No, they're not. De- they're, not D- line you? You. they're not D line. They're not D line. Because not? they're teams that have more picks from the D line in the first round in them. Alabama has like significantly no, okay, more. Not, not okay. I'm saying from the standpoint, not just picks, but actual NFL play. You can say that they've only got two right now. Who? The Bosa brothers. The, they got the Bosa brothers. They got Jonathan Hankins, Casey Hayward. Uh, Simmons from the Patriots. I'd have to get a list to get more. We got Jerome Baker. Like it's a lot of Ohio State. D. Sam Hubbard. From Jerome Baker ain't no D line. Who? I'm talking about like edge rush. Like he he doesn't play line. He rushes for the Dolphins. Yeah, and Sam. I was gonna say Hubbard. Hubbard was Hubbard. a line, a rushing linebacker. No, he wasn't. He was a defensive end. Bro, that nigga was a rushing linebacker, bro. Hubbard was a defensive end at Ohio State, bro. Bro, no. Uh, Ohio State is not DNU, bro. Let, let's nip that one know. in the bud. Let's nip that one in the bud. And and to be real, and you and to be real, that was another thing too. I know Ohio State folks like to argue their D, DBU, the actual DBU by the numbers is Alabama. They also had the most all pros. I'm, I'm okay. Like what I'm I'm saying from like recent like for the in this little moment of probably the last. Mm, 10 years or so, I will give it to Ohio State. For what? What you mean? You giving, I'm saying, what What are you giving uh, uh, Ohio State? DBs. No, nah, I still wouldn't. Why not? 
I just gave the reasons why. We're if we going solely off draft picks, it isn't them. If we're going off of all pros, it isn't them. So that that's why that's what I'm saying. Let's see here. Okay, that's not what I'm looking for. Hold on, because I'm about to I'm about to take a look. I'm about to take a look. Let's see here. In 2019, looking only at the DN. I mean, only looking at DBs. You had Stephon Gilmore, Jadavius Wright. That's a, a South Carolina and a LSU. Marcus Peters. Are you doing that all pros? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm I'm talking about like drafted DBs wise from not well this draft we just had two going the first round. You know last that was a reach. Had, Darn, Arnett should be a third or fourth rounder. That was the biggest we reach. Had, I don't know about that one. That was a huge last year, reach, bro. That nigga's we had, bro. It's we a well known fact. I don't know. You're biased. We had two. We had two this year in the first round. We had one last year in the fourth. We had one last year in 2018 in the first. We had one, two go in the first in 2017. We had Eli Apple go in the first in 2016, but he's kind of, yeah. We had Dorian Grant go in 2015. He's been good for the Steelers. No, he hasn't. Bradley Roby went first in 2014. What? He played well this year. Oh, oh, so one Bradley year means Roby. he's been good for the Steelers? Stop it. Bradley Roby's been good. Well, he's been okay. 2014, we had a first-rounder. Okay. I got something for you. I'm looking at it right now. This was published mm -hmm. on October 13, 2019, so we'd have to add y'all's two first-rounders this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. The three schools who, who argue over DBU is LSU, Florida, and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Okay. So DBs drafted the last five years. Like I said, I'll have to add y'all's two this year. Uh, first rounders, of course. But um, this is based off before this season. DBs drafted over the last uh, five years. LSU's had seven. Florida, eight. Ohio State, eight. DBs drafted since 2010. LSU, 15. Florida, 14. Ohio State, 14. DBs drafted since 2000. Y'all lead by wide margin. It's 23, 23. Y'all got 29. Now, DB's drafted in rounds one and two since 2000. It's 11 11, and y'all got 13. DB's drafted in rounds one and two since 2010. Two for LSU, two for Florida, seven for y'all. DB's drafted in round one since 2010. Five for LSU, four for Florida, and six for y'all. DB's currently on NFL rosters. Y'all have eight. Okay, but here, that was. So, what y'all got is in terms of DB's drafted in round one since 2010. Up until this draft, y'all had six. Now, I'm about to give you Alabama's. Alabama's had seven drafted in round one since 2010. Fifteen currently on rosters. Nine DBs drafted in rounds one and two since 2010. Eleven drafted in round one and two since 2000. Or two behind y'all. 23 DBs total since 2000, but you really only want to count since Saban got there. 16 DBs drafted since 2010, which leads everybody. And then nine DBs drafted in the last five years. So it's really Alabama, but with y'all's two first rounders now, y'all take the lead in DBs drafted in the first round. We have, a, we have a good case. Yeah, 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 for sure. Y'all are y'all are the better y'all y'all are DBU over the other two for sure. Yeah. But I'm only really I mean, yeah, we've had good DBs, but it's really been they've really been since uh Urban Meyer came in. 
he took it to a whole nother level though. Yeah, nigga was cheating. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. He ran an honest program. <laughs> yeah, okay. Letting your coaches beat their wives. Real honest, huh? I mean, he didn't let him do anything. <laughs> he didn't make him get any help. He didn't fire him. He didn't do nothing. I ain't trying to hear that. But hey, anyway, <laughs> back to the, the main thing at hand. Right, back to the topic. I don't even speak on that. Yeah. Um. Uh, all in all, this was a draft. There was almost no surprises, though. Nah, this is probably the first draft where there's no blockbuster trades. Nobody mortgaged their future to get a one-of-a-kind a one player in the top five of the draft. I mean, it kind of went how most people thought. Yeah, it's straight. Um, Yeah, Raiders, I just – them getting Damon, that was just such a reach. I was my, – my favorite draft out of yesterday was the Jaguars. See, but the thing about the Raiders is, like, since they have Mike Mayock as a GM, he might just see it a little better than what me we might see. Because even last year when he drafted Farrell fourth overall, it shocked everybody. Farrell, and Farrell had a horrible look. year, too. I mean, he didn't have a he was okay. Max Crosby definitely overshadowed him. He was, like, what, a fourth-round pick, third, fourth? Yeah. And he was definitely the better rookie defensive end. Yeah, nigga hit double-digit sacks. How do you feel about the Packers taking Jordan Love 26 instead of getting Aaron Rodgers some help? Man, I think that's an insult to Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it shows that they're not fully committed to Rodgers in the present, it feels like. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. It's a slap in the face because it's like since Aaron Rodgers got drafted, he was the last offensive player they drafted in the first round until mm -hmm. Jordan Love. Like, you mean to tell me all these receivers, y'all, and they traded up to get love. All these receivers, you wouldn't trade up to go get one of them? So, Devontae uh, Smith got an actual, or not Devontae Smith, what's his name? Adam, Devontae Devontae Adams. Adams, excuse me. So, he could have a partner in crime out there? A tight end? Something? Like, yeah, that that's, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it either for the simple fact that you guys just went 13-3, and three, a game away from getting to the Super Bowl with only Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams and the other receivers are all undrafted free agents and some were even rookie free agents at this point and you have a washed up Jimmy Graham and y'all were that close to getting to the Super Bowl. So instead of trading up to get some help, you could have went and got a corner, a CD Lamb. You really you could the Packers could have went any direction with their pick besides quarterback. Like anything else would have helped. But you wasted. I'm not gonna necessarily. Well, yeah, I'm gonna say wasted because you just took. Because the first round pick has to be somebody that can come in and contribute. Aaron Rodgers isn't sitting down. You know what I'm saying he's not. Uh, barring an injury, he's gonna play all 16 games. Yeah. And so he needs help because that's asking your you're asking the shoulder low once again on offense with only Devontae Adams. Don't get me wrong. Maybe. The wide receivers have developed. Maybe somebody will have a breakout year. They got Well, I'll say this too. And I'll play devil's advocate. They got a chance in the. It was a lot of folks who thought they would be first round receivers who will be in the second. A lot. Exactly. They could get a T Higgins. They could get a. Uh, Ooh, I forgot about T. He didn't go first round. No, no sir. But wow, he ran. I but he ran horrible though. He ran like that. a four six or something though. No, I do not care about that. I mean, and then you could say when you looked at the LSU game, he got wiped out the game by uh, the freshman. He got his, yeah, but I mean, what's, uh, 
he got wiped out. But Jeff Okuda, he, you know what I'm saying? He had no penalties last year. He gave, like, he wiped out everybody. So I'm not, I wouldn't let that shy away from him. No, no, but yeah, that, but I no, mean, no, no. I wasn't even talking about that because when Jeff Okuda left the game, everybody started going off. I'm talking about when he played Stingley in the Nas- in the Natty. He oh, got wiped right. out that game. Like at least okay, versus Okuda, yeah. they 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 dared to throw at Okuda a couple times. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even challenge him. You know what I'm saying? St- and by the way, what you think? You think Stingley a uh, top five pick whenever he come out? See, I'm hesitant on labeling freshmen as top five picks so early because like they still got two more years, and it's a number of cases. Even when um. It's a number of cases where, like, oh, okay, we his, his freshman year, he did this, this, and this so well, and then his junior year come around, or maybe he slipped up his sophomore year. Anything could happen, and then, you know what I'm saying, he drops. I mean, he was good his freshman year. I'm not really going to label him right now, though. Yeah, I mean, based off what we saw, you're right. And, that's you know, that's why I think the NFL, I think it's unfair players got to stay three years because there even, is a rare case where there are some freshmen – some, you know what I'm saying, and some true sophomores who are ready for right. the league. Michael Parsons at Penn State, he's one who's been ready, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the corner at Alabama, Patrick Sertain Jr., he's been ready. Uh, been ready. Stingley, another example being ready. Um, he didn't have he didn't have as strong a year as a true freshman, but up there at Ohio State, he's the next up in the DNs. Zach Harrison, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He about ready, even in the flashes yep. you saw. You know what I'm saying? It's always a rare case, and just like Trevor Lawrence, I'm now. I, I don't think just he's like, gonna be as good as everybody says. Personally, but look, just like look, even check it out. After he took over the job, his uh, his rookie year, not rookie, his freshman year, and made Kelly Bryant transfer, and he played <laughs> so well. His first six, seven game this year, he slipped, and everybody's like, "Oh, what's going on?" That's why I don't be so early to label somebody like anything can happen between a year I, obviously he corrected the issues and his picks went down the year went on after the first half of the season that just goes to show you like you can't really label somebody so early because they still got things they haven't seen yet it's like that thing where a rookie takes off his his first year he goes crazy and then when teams have tape like, okay like let's see what he do now you know what i'm saying they had tape obviously he corrected it he started running the ball more. That's something he didn't show his freshman year. But I just rather wait a couple of years before I label somebody. Yeah, no, nah, I, I can I can dig that. I can dig that. Um, so, how do you feel about players who receive? So, okay, two examples. First, we can go back to I believe twenty. We can go back. I think I believe twenty eleven. If Jake Locker, the quarterback from Washington back then, if you guys, if anybody listening still remembers him, he, <laughs> he was went to the Titans. To go, he was projected to go number one overall. He decided to come back to school. He's the number one prospect. They raved about him. He decided to come back to school. Ended up being drafted, I think, like 12th to the Titans, 11th or 12th. That was that year. EJ Manuel, Christian Ponder. Jake Locker all went like in the first 15 picks, and kind of everybody was like, Why are they going so early? Because I like Jake Locker. So, how do you feel about players that receive high draft grades but come back and kind of fumble their bag? Even with um, the quarterback from Oregon, Justin Herbert, the same thing happened to him last year. Number one quarterback prospect. Um, they raved about him. He was going to go before everybody last year. So, how do you feel about that? 
I mean, I, I I don't feel anyway because you know it isn't it isn't me. It's they it's them, and you know a lot of times they go back. It's for competitive purposes. They want to like try to compete for a natty before they leave, and that year could be special. So I don't fault them, but I know personally because the way I feel about the NCAA, if I'm able to be a high first round pick guaranteed after junior year, I'm gone. As a red shirt sophomore. Like Quentin Williams, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not staying if I'm a first rounder. The NCAA get enough free labor out of you. You gonna forever be able to get that education. And most of these NFL players with good agents, like shout out to the Reds and Nicole Lynn, you know uh, the agent. She says she requires her players to take uh, money management uh, courses. She doesn't let them uh, blow their money, and she makes them in the summertime take courses at their college so they can finish their education. So I feel like a good agent's going to have you finish your degree anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and when you come from these big pedigree programs anyway, like uh, the Blue Bloods, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, uh, I really don't want to put Florida in that convo because they just ain't been up to par. Yeah, not anymore. I mean, it's hard. They got like EB-wise, I guess. I mean, yeah, but I was going to say it's just like the, the other programs I mentioned have been competing for a national title every year pretty much. Right. Year so, in, year out, yeah. Yeah, and, and those programs have these players graduating in three years anyway, three years or four yep. years even. So, I mean, I, really I, no I, I don't fault them. I understand why they would do it. It's just personally, I would never, and if I was their advisor, I would tell them get out of Dodge now because there's always the chance for a big injury. And if you're going to get injured, you might as well be getting paid for it. But that's why when folks come back, like Dylan Moses, who tore his ACL before the season for Alabama, he was widely regarded as a guaranteed top 10 pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. Tore his ACL before the uh, before the season. Alabama got rid of that strength and coach, uh, strength and conditioning dude. He went to Georgia's special teams, but they brought in some new folks because, you know, they done had hella injuries lately. Um, but um, anyway, what he did was he could have went to draft and still been a first rounder. But what he didn't state is he came back but got like a ten million dollar insurance policy. Right. That's what a lot of that's what a lot of top players are going now in the insurance policy. So even if they get hurt or even if they slide in the draft, they'll have they recoup the money in the insurance. Yep. So I guess that's a smart way to go about it. I just don't understand like if I'm whether like you said, college is always gonna be there. You can always go back to school. If you have millions of dollars in your pocket, you can just do online school or go during the summer when you're off, whenever you want. I just know for me, if I'm being told or everybody's telling me, oh, you're the number one quarterback prospect, you're going to go top three. In the worst case scenario, I'm going top three. I'm out. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love I love my college teammates, love the coaches. Thanks for putting me in this position. But I'm gone. That's the once in a lifetime opportunity. Because. Even um, not I'm just using those two examples, but you can use plenty of examples of people sliding in the draft. Um, Johnny Manziel slid to the end of the first round. Lamar Jackson, he slid. He almost slid out of the first round. The Ravens didn't trade back in to get him. Yeah, so but you know, but you know, Lamar Jackson. It was a little different because he was never regarded completely as a first round. There was always the you know some people thought he was, some people thought he wasn't. Yeah, See, that's another thing I don't like. Cause why does he have to? Josh, don't get me wrong, you know, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen are having decent starts to their career, but I don't understand how coming out, Josh Allen, his last year, under 
well, he completed like 55% of his balls. Yeah, he was trash. Had a, had a losing record, was terrible, and he still goes top 10. But Lamar, who did nothing but produce and kill, used his skill set to the best of his ability, even when they hired, uh, what was it, uh, Bobby Petrino again? Yep. Even when they hired him again, they changed the offense to more of a pro style. He still flourished. But then you have scouts like Bill Polian saying he should change position to wide receivers. You know why, bro. I mean, you say you understand. You do understand, bro. It's because he's black, just being 1,000. Because yep. every quarterback who's white who does the same thing, they just say he's athletic. When a black quarterback does it, he should consider a position change. Like, that, it's just annoying, dog. Like, they only place that stereotype on black quarterbacks, bro. You never see, you never see a big, you never see a fast white uh, quarterback trying to change to wide receiver or tight end. But or as soon as they see a fast black quarterback, all we got to put him at wide receiver, we got to put him at running back. We got to do A, B, and C. Yeah, it's 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 literally it's a it's a racist stereotype, bro. And they only put it and perpetuate it for black quarterbacks. And, the, and, you know, the other thing, too, that annoys me, too, in that situation, one of the reasons Josh Allen was taken before him, too, is because, like we were talking about on Twitter the other night, it's about potential, not always production. If somebody sees all these intangibles, all these traits that they look for in a star player at your position, and you possess those, even with unsteady production and flaws, they'll take you oftentimes before somebody more established who may lack in some of those traits they look for. For instance, Josh Allen matches the stereotypical big quarterback that they thought every team who wanted to win the Super Bowl must have. 6'5", 6'6", rocket launcher arm. You know what I'm saying? Except he was a little bit more athletic than the typical. So it's like he already matches what they're looking for. They feel like they can mold him into what it is. Meanwhile, you got um, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know what I'm saying, who has a very strong arm and super quick and shifty as if he was a receiver or a running back. So he can throw and run, but he's lacking in height. He might lack in a little bit of arm strength compared to a Josh Allen. So they're just like, nah, he doesn't fit what we're looking for. And he's a black quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So he already had, he already had two strikes against him. But that's why I tell everybody, bro, like the draft is more about where you get. It's, it's not about when you get drafted. It's about where, because the right situation in the right team means so much more for your fit in your career, because you got folks like Jake Locker. You got folks like, um, what's the name of that dude who got drafted in the first round by Arizona out of UCLA? Josh Rosen. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of players like that. I feel bad for Josh Rosen because he was actually, I feel like he was actually a decent prospect, but I, his career is probably ruined now. And it's not even by his own doing. Not even his fault. Coaches, staffs who don't believe in you and tailor make it to your strengths, that's what ruins a team. That's what ruins a player, I mean. When you draft a court, you're, it's literally on your staff to tailor make a situation for players. You, that's why you draft a play like star players. You don't draft them to fit in your system. You draft them because they have so much talent, and it's on you to make mm-hmm. the fit right for them, which bodes well for everybody. I personally thought the Dolphins should just kind of. Honestly, last year was kind of just a. We're gonna try to set. We're gonna try to set some culture in. We're gonna trade some people we feel don't fit the culture, and we're gonna start from scratch. So don't get around. I understand that part. I think I would have rather the Dolphins at least give him a, a, a true chance. This year, I honestly be like, a, last year, I understand Fitzgerald might have won a couple more games. Fitzpatrick. But in the beginning, yeah, I, but the beginning of the season was rough. 
things was going south anyway. Like, it was kind of a lot of dysfunction before they found what kind of worked. They obviously knocked off the Patriots the last game when the Patriots needed that for it to be the second seed. So, I'm not saying what they're doing is bad. I would just rather them give him a, at least an honest chance. Like, he's, he's young still. He's definitely his second year in the NFL. Like, he's still a young quarterback that can be groomed. And he could potentially still be um, a starting caliber quarterback. I feel like just this is going to be the Dolphins' true, honest first young know saying year actually trying to be good, trying to be better, trying to win more games. I feel like they should have gave Josh Rosen this year to kind of see what he actually had with weapons, some good players around him, and to see what he was able to do. Don't get me wrong, two is a great prospect, but like next year there's Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, but I mean, but, but then the question becomes: Where would you rank those two in this class? And only Trevor Lawrence would probably be considered a top, a top, top two or three just, quarterback in this one. Justin Fields is a put Justin Fields over Joe Burrow. I can't go that far. I, I can't go I that far know. just because he hasn't. I don't know. That's iffy. I mean, that's it's the whole thing. thing. It's tough. I'd have probably have to wait to see till next year to see like what Justin Fields does, but, like, mechanic-wise and playing-wise, I'd probably say Justin Fields right now, maybe. I'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The hit, that's the whole thing. The Dolphins, for two years, have been tanking for Tua. They knew that was who they wanted. Nah, true that. You know what I'm saying? They've been watching him since he started starting. You know what I'm saying? Tua was – people forget, before his injury – he was regarded as like strong contention to go number one overall. He was gonna go number one overall. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and, and that's what people tend to forget. And so that's and and remember, the Dolphins still have two second rounders this year, and next year they have two first rounders and two second rounders. So they're gonna still, even if they have a bad year, they're gonna be able to really get right. So I mean, yeah. they're they gonna be straight. They're gonna be straight for sure. Um. Uh, oh, okay, I guess that's that for the draft. We can switch uh, lanes over to uh, a little bit of anime. Yeah, that's cool. We can dive into that. Wait, what topics what should we hit on today? What animes are you watching right now? Um, I stopped watching JoJo's Bazaar. Stopped watching Black Clover because I'm pretty much caught up. Um... <coughs> Stop watching Attack on Titan because I'm pretty much caught up now. Uh, I don't know, man. I really ain't watching nothing. I sort of looked over at Yu Yu Hakusho the other day and looked over some Naruto. That was it, really, the last couple days. Say, so, yeah, I have been. I'm all the way caught up on Black Clover, caught up on My Hero. I've been caught up on Attack on Titans. I started JoJo's. It's a little weird, but, you know, I started it at least. Bro, how's the whole? Uh, I can't let you continue. How is it weird? That it's mad interesting bro, starting out, bro. How's it not weird, bro? What episode are you on? I'm on episode three. So what, what's weird about it? This nigga is just bro, diabolical. Dio is literally. Let me explain to you this one. Dio is literally the antagonist of the entire show. Like across every. The literally the best way to explain JoJo is literally Dio versus JoJo, down through generations. Every new season, or when it changes um, time settings, as you'll see as you keep going, it's still some descendant of JoJo taking on Dio because... Hold on. So, has Dio used the mask thing yet? No, I'm not. He hasn't been introduced yet. Like, I'm, I've literally just finished episode two. 
I think you tripping. I think Dio get introduced to episode one. Oh, that's this zipper dude? Dio's the blonde-headed dude. The blonde-haired dude. Oh, Gio Giovanni, yeah. No, D-O, D-I-O. The blonde-haired dude with the pink outfit. No, you, what? No. Oh, oh you talking about, I, I don't know. You talking about his dad? No, his dad is Joe. His dad is a Joe, Joe Star or whatever. Joseph Joe Star and his son is Joseph Joe Star too. He's both JoJo. Episode does. Hold on. Let me let me take a look. You need to just keep watching. Some of those stand things. Like, bro, he got behind it, was holding it all weird. I'm like, bro, what is this? He was caressing it, bro. Like, what, what was that? That's why it's bizarre. No, what are you talking? JoJo, literally, bro. I'm looking at it. I, I knew I wasn't tripping. Dio gets introduced in the first episode. You must not be starting in season one or something. Like, I, I'm taking a good look, bro. Like, I don't think you're like dead. That's Gio's dad. He's dead. Yeah, he dies. Yeah, that's his dad. I said, you talking about his dad, and you said no. No, because I'm talking about Dio, the blind dude who the Joe Stars Dio take in. Dio is his dad. No, it's not. Dio Brando is the son. Bro, oh, that's his name before he changed it to Gio Giovanni, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I get No, Dio always is Dio. Dio I'm just, all right, let's just skip this, bro. I'm already confused. Bro, you because you ain't watching it enough. Nigga done only got through three episodes. What's wrong with you? I took time and, and went into Black Clover because you told me it was good and it paid off. Listen to me on JoJo oh, and binge it. So you, so you changed your opinion on Black Clover? Barely. But it's not, not neither here nor there. The point is, you got to invest into JoJo. I promise you it's worth it. Once you get to, listen to me, once you get past the initial stages, the initial generation of JoJo versus Dio, it gets crazy cold. Like, my favorite, my favorite arc in the entire show and most people's in general is um, Stardust Crusaders. Just wait till you get to that and gonna blow your mind. Is that good? I prom bro, it's a reason that folks love it, bro. I promise you. It's that good, bro. But um, all right. Well, well, let's talk a little, uh, little Naruto like we were earlier. Right. I said today on Twitter, I said is um, is Jiraiya the goat of all teachers in the Naruto universe? Because he's taught three generational pro, pro um, shinobi, who you could argue all at one point or another could have been considered the strongest in the shinobi world. You got Naruto, who's considered the strongest shinobi ever now. You got Nagato, who had the Rinnegan, which it literally, the only reason Naruto was able to even beat him, and he barely did that, was because um, he had all that intel ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Okay, just to chime in, with the intel, he really lost. It's just the fact that if he not didn't decide to help and get like chopped down in front of him, he wouldn't have went berserk, went to Nine Tails, Evil Nine Tails, Chakra Mode, and went crazy. So he really lost. And then he, he still, he, to be honest, he still lost after that. Because remember when he found Nagato, Nagato controlled all of his, all his chakra, and then chose to talk to him, and then let Naruto. No, nah, Naruto him. had fought it off though, because at that point he had 
um, acts like it was his first time mixing Senjutsu Chaco with Ninetale. He didn't even know he actually did it because he pulled the rod out and Nagato was like, what's going on? And then at that point, that's when Nagato like just sat down and talked to him because he didn't he did like he controlled his chakra, but Naruto was able to fight it off that time, like pull it out because that was the first time he mixed Sen, his Senjutsu chakra with um, the Nine Tails. Bro, but even he not yeah, even he Don said that like if he wanted to, if Nagato wanted to, he could kill you right now. You know what I'm saying? He had to, but he chose not to. And then, you know, you know how Naruto going to do. He going to talk a nigga down for sure. <laughs> Best jutsu in the world. Boy, talk jutsu. Wins out of every single time. So Turns everybody back on the team. Boy, it's, it's certainly a good thing to have on the squad. But, um, You know, you got Nagato, like I said, who did that. And people forgot how strong Nagato was until he got injured in that fight versus, the, um, versus Hanzo. Yep, when he uh, summoned the Gadgo statue. Well, <clears throat> first legs burned too. I can't. That's know, yeah. The, it got just, burnt. It got burnt in that fight. He just took it like a. I don't know why. He just took it like a champ. Boy, he was never this. Um. So was Hanzo? I know Danzo talked to Hanzo about the Kotsky and lied to him. But were Hanzo and Danzo related or something? I don't think so. They came from two different villages, and Hanzo ruled the village hidden in the rain i believe it was yeah so i doubt they'd be related they'd have to be from the same village well i mean okay we don't gotta say related but similar type training or something because there's no way their names are just that similar just because i mean maybe either that's okay if question. that's the case then kishimoto was lazy oh uh, well you know it's a lot of stuff that really don't make sense because what were we talking about earlier um the Byakugan versus oh. Sharingan? I don't think we was talking versus. I think we were just trying to, like, some stuff we just didn't make sense. Like, eh, I forget what we were even talking about earlier. Talking about the third Hokage lying to everybody? <laughs> yeah, third Hokage definitely. Like you say, he's going to take full responsibility for Naruto. That man grew up on noodles and spoiled milk. <laughs> that nigga had no friends. The third never talked to the nigga. Never even told him who his you, father was. What would you say? That, even Kakashi should have told him. Like, yeah, Kakashi a whole Kakashi definitely knew about the pregnancy. Yeah, Kakashi a whole ho for that too. What would you say your favorite arc is in Shippuden wise? Probably the, the pain, pain versus Konoha arc. Pain saga. Yeah, bro, like. I don't know, man. That bothered me because I don't know, man. I don't know, man. That was my favorite arc because I thought that was the best action. And that showed you just how strong Pain was. He literally did destroy the entire Leaf Village by himself. And he killed every notable. He literally killed almost every notable person in the Leaf. <laughs> he had Sanade broke. She couldn't even heal folks anymore. Mm -hmm. And then Naruto came in to save the day. He was really about to end it all. Like, he ended it all, but he was really about to get busy until Naruto pulled up. Yeah. I mean, bro, like, and that, that should also be a key to show you just how strong the Renegon was. He was able to see the barrier, which nobody, I've never, I know Sharingan, if you know how to use it properly, you could see the barrier, but you couldn't unlock right. the barrier to move in and out of it unless you knew the special code. Besides Obito, who obviously had his uh, Kamui to, to move around. 
So how did they? No, I no no no. I think how they got in was um. Cause what the? How did they get in? They jumped in. They just jumped in. Like the summoning jutsu one just jumped in there, and then as soon as um, as soon as he got in there. He summoned the rest of the pains and they spread out. So it looked like it was just one invader when in reality, you know, it was all. Oh, right, right, all right, the right. I remember that. How about I about say, how did they get in? I would have to say mine. I probably say mine would have to be uh, the war art, but probably the end, like the last Sasuke versus Naruto fight. Yeah, that was fire. I was going to say, because the war art. my favorite. The, I, don't, I guess you, I don't know if you can call that fight an arc or whatever, but if, it, if you can, I'll definitely call, I would definitely choose that one. Yeah, I mean, it was just, um, I don't know, bro. It was kind of annoying to me, the war, the, the great war art, because they, they just, the enemy was so OP, bro. Yeah, they couldn't do nothing about that. Really, all the people who, um, came together to even help them fight was kind of just like let's let Naruto and Sasuke and the four Hokages handle it we kind of just watching it's just man I don't know bro like I understand the enemy always got to be OP but like bruh Madara literally took out like a whole the whole group by himself he defeated all the Kage at once Bro, nigga brought a whole astro. Without all his strengths. Now before he even stole the uh, Senjutsu chakra from Hashirama. Bro, like the nigga. Just, he, he just used regular Sharingan too. He didn't even use Mangekyo. Yeah, that's true. And then like when and the then, nigga finally, when they finally get a chance, when Naruto catches him slipping with the Rising Shirk, and here comes the the Rinnegan with the power still of the uh, Sharingan. Which I guess makes sense because they say the Renegon is the, the last evolution of the Mangekyo. Right. And then, um, like, cause when you watch it, like, right before it hits, his eyes change from, his eyes go from Mangekyo to Renegon. So he was able to switch between them. The only reason why, and the only reason why other people can't, Nagato can't do it because obviously they were implants. And just how Kakashi can't turn off his Sharingan, Nagato couldn't turn off his, um, his Renegon, and then just like, uh, damn, I keep forgetting what the fuck I was about to say. I had a good point, too. <laughs> oh, and just like how, um, Sasuke can't turn off his Renegon because it wasn't like a natural evolution. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Makes sense. Because even, because you have to look at it, because I was reading something that said, well, he should be able to because Kabuto. Cause you know Kabuto infused himself with Hashirama cells and shit. Anyway, and um, you know since Sasuke is the reincarnate of um, Madara, there's like that's how he got it. But even then, that doesn't make sense because he took Madara, like he obtained it right before he passed away, like literally right before he died when he unlocked it. How did so, he decide what child to put it in? Like, how did he find the Uzumaki to implant it? And how did the kid not know the eyes got implanted in him? See, that's another thing I don't understand. Like, don't, he probably, like, was okay. Like, the only person that can handle these eyes is somebody with immense chakra because he, cause, you know, Madara was around for, I don't even know how long. He was even, well, had to be damn near hundreds of years at that point. So he probably understood. Even then, because back, he was smart. He did research and all that. Like, he was damn near a genius. So he probably understood that the only person that can handle these eyes would be somebody with large chakra reserve because, you can't turn off these eyes. You know what I'm saying? If they're not yours, you can't turn them off. 
So he probably can only claim that fits that description is Senju, and Senju got wiped out, and so it only left the Uzumaki clan with enough chakra to handle it. So he probably just found, and at that point, he probably just, I don't know how he did the selection. I really don't even know how he did it. It had to have been before he ever opened his eyes because his parents would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with his eyes? They were just brown yesterday. Bro. But that's, so- just, that's just stuff probably won't, aren't supposed to get or understand. That's all. I'm going to get right back to anime, but I just came across something crazy. Tua what played happened? Josh Rosen in high school, bro. Who won? Uh, Josh Rosen did, but Tua was a true sophomore and came off the bench in his second varsity game. Came off the bench for 10 to 15, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Rosen had 16 to 25, 252 yards and one touchdown as a senior. So, Sheesh. But, um, yeah, man, that, that was just weird with Madara, but that fight between Sasuke and Naruto was legendary. They was finishing each other hand signs and everything. Even, and that's after, well, I'm not going to really say Sasuke, because he didn't really join the fight till kind of towards the end, but that was after Naruto made a thousand shadow clones while in his, uh, and now before him and Kurama even became friends, so he was thousand shadow clones. Plus, in his chakra mode one, without him even, that's him just taking chakra from Kurama instead of, like, working together. And he was fighting for three, he was already fighting for three or four days with the Shadow Clone. Plus, he shared his chakra with the whole Shinobi Alliance. Multiple times. Multiple times. Summoning Jutsu, doing roster and shurikens. And when he was doing, and that was crazy. That's a lot. That just speaks to how much chakra he even had. Because to do that. And still fight with Sasuke at your full. Because even when he, he fought with Sasuke, he still went all out. He still he did Shadow Clones in Chakra Mode. It, well, in Tail Beast Chakra Mode. Merged them all together. Did a Tail Beast Bomb mixed with a Rasen Shuriken. Plus a regular Rasen Shuriken. Like, he just went. That just speaks to how much Chakra he really has. Man, um. So, here's my question. Naruto's the closest thing to the, the uh, to the yeah and to the ten tails because he has legitimate strong like he has not just a little piece but he has a strong amount of chakra from every tail beast now doesn't he? Yeah, he has a bit. He has all the chakra, not all the chakra. He has the like a piece of chakra from all the tail beasts, and plus him, like him himself, is the meeting place for all the tail beasts. So like anytime. He needs a meeting or like I was I, I watched a little bit of Boruto and there was the episode where like um he called a meeting with all the tail beasts and they all met like in his little tail beast subconscious like he's the meeting place for all the tail beasts. So the tail beasts are just roaming around now. Like um some hey, I want to say yeah all uh, all of them are roaming around now except for Kurama he went back to Naruto. Um, Shukaku didn't go back into Gara, but like he's like still lives in the Sand Village. But the other ones are all loose. Yo, why did Ga- why Gara get so weak? I guess Shukaku really was the the driving force behind dude. He didn't. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't really get weak. It's just that instead of Shukaku doing it and him like this, it happening naturally. He probably just has to pay more attention and do it himself. How do he you know he always? You always know he wears that shell of sand armor. Like, that was probably, that was, like, I don't think his sand protects him how it used to. Like, the sand just moving around protecting him was Shukaku. 
Um, Garo, how Garo teaches son the magnetic release? Uh, you See, know the magnetic. That's uh, not. Sand. That's not his son. It was actually an orphan he adopted. So that episode, because they talk about it on Boruto. So on that episode, basically, um, like the other kids was like he couldn't control his metal sand, and so like he was kind of like crying, spazzing out about it, and like everybody was running away from him except for Gara. And then Gar kind of like approached him, like, I'll teach you how to, like, you know, control it and everything like that. So technically, um, his son is a descendant from the third Kaze Kage, because that's the one who had the Iron Sand release. Yeah, and why doesn't Gar use his father's gold dust release? Like, he used it in the Great War to, to seal away uh, the no, no, no. Kage. He, the only way he was able to use it, because he mixed in his sand with it. He just can't do the gold. He didn't get. He didn't inherit that. He mixed some of his sand in with it. That's why he was able to use it. But he can't use. He can't move gold. Huh. Yeah, that was kind of cool when he fought his pops. Though they had the exact same stance. Sand was doing yeah, the exact same. Heart stuff. to heart. Yeah. <laughs> but then his father tried to kill him. <laughs> his father tried to kill him when he was a kid. But then, like, basically, like. Because he thought that, remember his uncle, he made his uncle try to kill him, and then he made his uncle tell him all that hurtful-ass shit. And then, like, he was telling God his mom didn't love him. Then he came back, he kind of just told him the truth about everything. Like, your mom loved you, your uncle loved you, I'm the one that ordered him to attack you, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody really loved you, like, all that hateful shit, like, wasn't true. And, you know what I'm saying, that hit God where it hurt. I got mad respect for the, um, for the Jinchuriki, bro. Especially those who could, um, especially those who could, um, control it. Cause like, how did, bro, how did the Cloud Village have two perfect Jinchuriki? Yugito and, uh, Killer B. I'm not sure about that. That's a good question. How did they get two? I don't know, but people forget Yugito was a perfect level, uh, Jinchuriki too. And Kakazu and, uh, Kakazu and um, he done played no games with it, with her. Which one was that one? That's Just the two tails. Oh, uh, the girl. Yeah. Yeah, she was decent. She went straight in the tail beast form. Like she was not. She, messing yeah, around. she called herself trapping them men. <laughs> Didn't work out for her though. At all. Then you got um, the mist had the three tails, and Sasuke. I mean, Itachi took him out. The Mizukage. Um, Sasuke took him out. Let's see here. Who? Wh what was the four tails? Who took out the four tails? Um, what animal is the four tails? I can't remember. Four tails was like the. I want to say that was Son Goku. So the monkey thing. Oh, I'm not sure who took it. Out. No, it was uh, Itachi and uh, Zabuza. No, was it not Zabuza? What's his name? Uh. Kisame? Yeah, Itachi and Kisame. Because this dude with him was older. Yeah, he had the markings under his eyes. Yeah, and Itachi's like, you gotta be gentle. Like, he's old. Like, you know what I'm saying? Be gentle with him. And then he was and then he was basically like, if you would have saw the fight, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't be saying be gentle with him. Yeah, because, oh yeah, because Kisame like sawed off his legs afterwards so he couldn't ruin. Yeah, he wanted to. And then Payne took out like the six or seven tails by himself. Um, yeah, he was not. That was the dude who blew bubbles. Yeah. 
His story is actually mad interesting. I looked it up the other day. But yeah, uh, Payne didn't pay, play no games with dude, bro. <laughs> nah, he came in. I'm too bad. I'm sad. It's too bad Naruto them didn't know he was really a Jin Cherokee. Because wasn't he like, I think Naruto was like knocked out or something when he like went into his little chakra mode to help the girl or, or he left. I can't remember what had happened or he wasn't around, but yeah. they didn't really find out he was one to have seen him. And he uh, he tried to train the girl. He went back for permission to train the girl, and that's when Payne caught up to him. Yeah, that's Payne was definitely no game, but instant defeat. Yeah, like um, Payne wasn't playing no games. Uh, Kasame didn't play no games. Sasser really, I got to give credit to Sasserine um, Deadar Deidara because Deidara actually is mad cold with it. Yeah, they. They yeah, they are, and the crazy thing is about like Naruto. Like one thing you get, like yeah, there's some bad guys, but like when you act, like when you listen to like their little, like their rants or why they turned out how they did, you can be like, okay, I understand that. Like obviously they're bad guys, antagonists, but when you actually get into their stories, you can be like, okay, I understand that. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I understand. Like, even with Pain, he basically was like, y'all destroyed my village, killed everybody in my hometown. Y'all don't see nothing wrong with it. So I'm doing it now. What's the issue? And that's kind of what conflicted Naruto. Naruto like, yeah, okay, like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And so yeah. that's why I, I kind of, it's kind of hard to really be mad at them because they have the reason. And it's pretty, and it's valid, like, some of them have valid reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say some of them do, but then some of them don't because Heaton just does it for his uh yeah, religion weird, thing. It's weird religion. But um, Sassery you know does it just for Sassery does it to to find inspiration to build new puppets and stuff. Yeah, but you gotta look at it though. The reason why he even turned out like that was because he needed puppets to cope with his parents dying and nobody really telling him or nothing. Yeah. Instead of telling them, he's going to lie, like, oh, they'll be back. Like, that's why, um, even in the arc, you say, like, that's why he hates waiting. And he spent his whole childhood waiting for his parents to come back. Like, people have, like, people have valid reasons for, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to say valid, but they have, uh, expert, like, a reasonable explanation. Or, like, okay, like, I see why he's the way he is. You know what I'm saying? I see why he's the way he is. He not, does it because he follows religion. It might be weird. But it's people that do weird stuff for their religion and real life. Like, I don't want to say weird because it's somebody else's religion. Let's say unorthodox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you have to respect that. So it's kind of just, you know, valid reasons. The craziest member of the group, though, to me is the fact that Kakazu fought the first Hokage. He's that old. He's, yeah, he's like, oh, he's close to 100. Dude literally fought the first Hokage and survived to tell about it. Because <laughs> he got that, cause he got that weird forbidden jutsu where, like, as long as he re like replaces his hearts, he won't die. And he got five of them. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying, but he didn't have that jutsu back then. He got that when he got back from fighting the first, because he got punished by his village, and then that's when he stole the hearts of the elders and the fit forbidden technique. But you know how the crazy thing is, though, bro. You know how strong he must have been back then for them to even think he was capable of doing that. Yeah, strong. To even trust him, like, we're going to send you to go kill the first Hokage. Like, you know how strong he had to have been back then? Yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know, man. Akatsuki was really a hell of amount of talent and strength, dog. But the craziest part is, I think Payne could take the whole the whole Akatsuki on by himself and win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Are you talking about like what version of the Akatsuki? Like when they back when they had Orochimaru? Nah, I, I wouldn't go that far back. So Orochimaru, or like the current on. or the current one they had after Orochimaru left. Yeah, that group. Okay, well you might be on to something then with that one. Um, I will Rochi say Mar- this now. Itachi? I don't know. Yeah, I think he could get Tachi. Rinnegan is just that much stronger. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting he got that. Um, but now I will say, I don't know. You know, I might have to, I might have to take that one back when I think about it a little bit further. I don't know. What? Uh, I don't know. He might not be able to. I take that back. <laughs> But I mean, when you think about, did you see, did you see the little special Naruto they had, the little hour-long special on how the Katsuki was formed and everything? Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're going off of that, it was some matchups that niggas lost one on one, like um, Sasori lost to uh Conan, um, Hidan lost to Kakazu. Well, but Hidan really has no powers at all besides that that freaking Jutsu. Yeah, so as long as you keep him away from, like, getting any of your blood. I mean, he got hands, too, though, because he was going hand-to-hand with Kakashi for a little bit. But yeah. I don't know if that I don't know if that's more of Hidon having hands or Kakashi not going all out because he's wary of getting cut. And then, and then when Kakazu first faced Hidon, too, Hidon uh, killed one of his hearts. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, he probably he didn't know that Jutsu. That's yeah. why, though. Right, right. So he definitely didn't know that would happen. Okay, so you got that matchup that was lost. Um, Daedara got fucked up by Tachi, mm-hmm. <laughs> putting the Genjutsu so fast, bro. And almost, it almost blew himself up. Boy, Tachi be doing that to folks though. Remember when he did it to Rochimaru when Rochimaru tried to get him? Yep. <laughs> Turns out he has himself tied up. And then when uh when he fought when he, when um when Itachi fought uh Kasame, Kasame, it looked like a real fight until Kasame realized he'd been in a genjutsu the whole time. That's what they'll do to you, boy. That's why Itachi like I just wish like if they did like a little spin off series or they did something not even a spin off series, they just decided to do like a, like a little prequel type thing that would tell you everything before. Not well, I guess they kind of did that in Shippuden, but I feel like we were robbed of Shisui. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we were robbed of Shisui and the Fourth, who were like around the same age. Definitely need Shisui and the Fourth, and I would love to see Prime Sarutobi, the Third Hokage. Yeah, they talk about him like he took over the name God of Shinobi after Hashirama. So, and he knew all five. Uh, nature releases. Yeah, they say he knew every single jutsu that had ever been made, created, or created inside the leaf. They said he mastered them. I think the Saratobi clan, like, I think they were, um, I was reading something before, and it mentions that, um, like the Saratobi were kind of like AIDS attendants of the Senju, kind of like not as strong as them, but like up there with them. So I'm not really surprised. And then even in Boruto, uh, Konohamaru, he got summonings with the monkey, monkey Kienma son. 
and the uh, the Toads, like Naruto. So, and he he's pretty impressive in Boruto. I'm not gonna lie. So I think the Sartobi clan is just one of those. Like obviously, it's not like the Senju Chia Hyuga clan, but and you know Uzumaki. But it's kind of like I don't want to say second tier, but the next down. Because obviously the Sartobi would be ahead of like other clans. Hey, I was right. What? Hiruzen Sarutobi is the father of Asuma Sarutobi. Oh yeah. I said that. You told me I was wrong. I thought you no no no. I thought you meant um I thought you meant that aide with the glasses. I thought you meant him. Cause I don't think you said you said his name weird or something. That's why but Asuma is his uh Asuma is the third Okage son. Cause remember when he left the village to join the Shinobi twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh Sarutobi didn't want him to. I need to, man, we need to, one of these days, we need to do a ranking of the Jonin at the beginning of Naruto. Because we got to do it. I think we got to do it in Shippu because we don't see a lot of them until Shippu. We don't see nobody really in action until that. Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like um, Asuma was overrated. Obviously, his girlfriend, wife was overrated. Boy, Guy might have been, I think Guy was stronger than Kakashi. I think Guy might have actually been the strongest Jonin that they had. Um, Who was? I think I think Guy, Mike Guy. I think Mike Guy was stronger than Kakashi. I think he was the strongest Jonin yeah, in the village. It's just that, I mean, yeah, because if they if he actually because he can open up what uh, up until the seventh gate without dying. So yeah. if he ever did that in a fight against Kakashi, it'd probably be over. Yeah, it was just Kakashi was more of a prodigal student coming up. So, therefore, you know what I'm saying? He got, you know, putting the Anbu Black Ops and stuff at a young age. Yeah, that go to him pretty quick. Even though he just, he still didn't have that many crazy abilities. He just had that stupid Chidori, which I hate. And he's going to use it after he got the Sharing Gun. Yeah, it was stupid. Just like he and then he talked to Sasuke, had Sasuke thinking he really had a chance against Itachi. I mean, that's the first step. Yeah, I don't know because he got that wrist broke, slipped, and put into the Sukiyomi or whatever nightmare round. <laughs> oh yeah, that ruined him. And then when he tried to fight him again, uh, after he tried to abduct. Well, they didn't really try to abduct Naruto. That's more of Itachi's kind of hidden mission. Yeah, but um, I agree, man. We need. I just would like to see a special hour, two hour special on the third grade Ninja War, so we could see Shisui and and on um, the fourth really in action. Like, cause the fourth, they I say got, he was the strongest in history too. Cause we see a little bit. Of the fourth in the third war, because that's when he got like Obito and Kakashi with him. And remember, uh, Kakashi tried to Jidori without a Sharingan and almost got killed. So the fourth saved him. And then, like, he dropped his book bag and he was like, You're the little yellow flash of the leaf. You have a flea at blah, blah, blah. Or he slit the dude's throat. Yep. Bro, dude, because I mean, and you know, he made, he actually made, um, what was that? Um, he actually perfected that Thunder God uh technique. 
that the second had made. His was better than seconds because he could place his uh marking on anybody or anything at any time. He and then he used them kunai and special kunai with them, and he always carried like a hundred or so. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He carried a hundred of them. His tag never went away. He had safe house all over the leaf. He could teleport at any time. Like the dude was like, he was he was like Itachi and Kakashi mix. Boy. Like, I really didn't realize just how OP that Thunder God technique really is, bro. His, his is definitely OP. The second Hokage, like, it don't get me wrong, it's cool, but he doesn't do it. Like, I'm not going to say he wasn't smart enough to obviously develop 95% of the juices in the world, but, like, he didn't think to have it, like, on Kunai to teleport around. How you want to wrap up the first episode, man? I feel like it's pretty successful. Right, man. We want to say thank y'all for waiting. Thank y'all for following the page. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for listening. It's been a great first episode. We'll get back to you guys with a second one as soon as we can. Drop some comments. Tell us how we did. Share. Tell